Welcome to Look Behind the Look, the new podcast that examines iconic looks in film, television, music, and fashion history. I'm your host, Tiffany Bartok. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for Look Behind the Look. I'm your host, Tiffany Bartok. And today, at long last, I'm finally bringing you the James Vincent episode. You all know James. He is the director of education and artistry for The Makeup Show and The Powder Group. His career in makeup is legendary. He's worked for absolutely everybody, doing absolutely everything. He's keyed major fashion shows in all the major cities, and he's worked for years on the music scene for videos that are spanning genres with legendary artists like Lady Gaga, Florence and the Machine, Amy Winehouse, Joan Jett, and my favorite, the Food Fighters. James has had the pleasure of working with leading ladies like Liv Tyler, Reese Witherspoon, and even Jane Fonda. And James has also been privileged enough to work with men who have made their mark, including, yes, President Barack Obama. He and his colleagues have built such an amazing place for all makeup artists to unite, get information from each other, and really build each other up. We're also going to talk about his assistance days, which were really fun for me to pick his brain about. He, of course, has major adventures with Billy B and Kevin O'Quan and Dick Page, and, and he's going to share with you his best advice ever given to him by Kevin O'Quan, of course. And don't forget that, speaking of The Makeup Show, The Makeup Show is coming up. It's May 1st and 2nd. It's live and in person. And I have a code for you for $5 off tickets. So you're going to head to www.themakeupshow.com slash NYC. And the code is for $5 off The Makeup Show. That code is L-O-V-E-N-Y-C-22. And here's James. Hi, James Vincent. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing better that now that you're here. This has been, <laughs> let me just tell you behind the scenes, this has been so long coming. I like since COVID, I've been talking to Shelly about getting you on, and you're the busiest person on the face of the planet, even throughout the world stopping. So <laughs> I'm so happy to finally have you on the show. And it was not for lack of trying that it's been way too long since you've you've come and visited me. So I'm really, really excited to talk to you. Well, I'm so honored. And you know, I appreciate being asked. I see the caliber of the guests that you have on and it kind of blows my mind. I just, uh, I feel so lucky and I'm such a fan of, of everything you do. And I know how much love you have for this industry. Um, so to be here with you and, and spend some time talking about, you know, makeup, which is my favorite subject other than myself is like, a great. <laughs> I mean, what's the difference really between makeup yeah. and yourself, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because it's one of the reasons why I think I was so active during the pandemic to keep the community connected was, you know, my first struggle was like crying in the shower in New York City during lockdown and saying, you know, if I'm not a makeup artist, who am I? Like, what 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 else do I do? Yeah. And uh, I think so many of my artists and community were going through that, that I um, and Shelly and the makeup show and, and kind of all of the programs I'm connected to, we stepped up and we said, we just have to be a shoulder. We just have to be a resource. And I, you know, and so I'm very fortunate in that I kind of get to figure out all of my craziness, like, yes. you know, helping other people and, and doing things. And, and my company rebels and outlaws is, 
is really about activation and activism. So, you know, right from early on, we were out in the streets doing things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love this. I love this makeup family so much that uh, I feel I feel very fortunate to to be part of it. So I, I apologize. It has been a little crazy busy, but you know, we're normalizing and I'm going to be back to my lazy self. So. Oh, oh, okay, good. Okay. Yes. Lazy, lazy will be welcome, right? For yeah. you. You are, I mean, you have your hands in everything. You are the community guru without you. I don't know how I would have gotten through COVID without all of the virtual treats you had. And you really made such an effort to bring all of us together. And it was just so comforting to be able to come to the makeup community through the screen and see that we were all going through the same thing. And now we're on the other side of it. And it's, well, I mean, we're evolving out of it, you know, and I still feel so connected to the community and it's all because of you and Michael and the powder group and Shelly. And like, now you're going to have another, um, in-person makeup show coming on May 1st and 2nd. Right. And so, I mean, is it going to be just like normal? I mean, how it was before, will it be less capacity? I think it will be better than before. You know, you, you're giving me a lot of credit. I am so fortunate to work with, you know, Shelly and the team at the makeup show who really put everything together. Shelly from her sick bed with COVID was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm the one who gets to stand on the stage and, and kind of get the applause, but really that team works so hard. And this show is very different. It is a beauty experience. It is another live event, but what we are really doing is working to keep it very social um, and keep people feeling safe and comfortable. But also we know after coming out of this, you know, it isn't just the shopping anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we are have more education than ever. We are looking at different networking and social events because I think people need that community connection. Mm-hmm. But what we really wanted to do was look and say, okay, access is so huge. You know, we spent 2020 so activated out in the streets with Black Lives Matter. Um, we we looked at our industry, we looked at the brands and how they were performative or very positive. We looked at the brands that were supporting artists through the pandemic or maybe letting people go. We looked at the icons in the industry um, and our fundamentals. And then we said, you know what, coming out of this, we want the show to be more than just a trade show where people come and shop and buy makeup. Discounts are available everywhere. What we want this to be is a celebration, you know, a place where you can come meet your favorite brands, get those crazy discounts, but also spend your time learning, um, you know, looking forward. We're not just looking at, you know, how to apply a smoky eye in, we're looking at Artists as a business, artists as a brand, we're, we're looking at decolonizing beauty, you know, we have always, always with the makeup show since day one, been really about representation and inclusion. Um, and that is a huge message for us. And I think the other thing, which I know you really appreciate, is we're looking at all areas of the industry. We have our union with us, really showing us, you know, how has production changed and what's available. We have agents Uh, that are with us who are going to be talking about what does the world look like now? We have social media experts with us, you know, connection through social media was, was so amazing Mm -hmm. during the last few years, but it also feels overwhelming for a lot of artists. So we're going to break down a lot of that and we're going to celebrate together. We're bringing in artists from all over the world. Our Danessa Myricks international stage has artists from five continents. 
you know. <laughs> so it's similar in that um, it's at Metropolitan Pavilion and we're going to be talking about makeup, but it's very different because I think that artists and creatives have really come out of the last few years in a very different way. This kind of phoenix from the flame, you know. For how have you seen fire. the change? How 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 have you seen people? Have you seen them more fired up, not defeated at all? Been you know um, resilient? What have what have you seen this situation do to the artists that you work with? I think what we've seen is the resilience. I yeah. think that you know this is an industry that for so long uh, the primary artists and and clients were women. And I think that so many of our artists uh, were pulling double duty during the pandemic. They were mothers educating their kids at home, trying to figure out a career um, and what that looked like moving forward. We had other artists who were just coming into the industry who said, you know, I, what, what happens to my dream? You know, all of the money I spent on my education and all of these things, everything looks different. We had artists that have been in the industry like myself, 25 plus years, who watched things disappear. And so I think that the story of resilience um, is, is always such an essential part of, of a creative industry. But I think the other thing was people saw themselves on Zoom. People postponed <laughs> yeah. weddings, you know, production went on hold and people really got to see the value of what we do. And so I think people came out and said, okay, I'm strong, I'm still here, I'm still standing. But also I know now what I need to do maybe with a little more clarity than I had before the world kind of paused. Mm. And I think that that is very exciting. This generation coming up after me will not put up with, you know, what we put up with. It is a really different thing. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? I talk about it a lot with like the generational differences of like us, like, you know, not seeing any problem with 25 hour days, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, the shift and all that. I mean, I'm here for it. You know, yeah. I, I have a very traditional career. In that I started in the music industry and, and behind the Mac counter in uh, uh, when I moved to New York, I started assisting really big artists. And, and I was always treated with kindness and respect by my mentors. But I watched how people got treated. And, you know, I stood on a stage last year and I apologized. Um, I remember. Live events because I told, I fed people that the same things I was told, you have to work for I free. You have to prove yourself. You know, you have to put up with people talking to you in a certain way. And these kids are not, and I am here for it. I am here for it. Like, no, they have a different idea of what their value is. And, they demand to be treated with respect. And I, you know, I've always been for workers' rights and unions and and empowerment, yet I, I held my tongue when people treated me a certain way because that's how, what I was told to do. And so I am now like the biggest advocate. Uh, I'm older in the industry. And so I'm using my time now to work with brands to look at things like amplifying new talent and, uh-huh. you know, decolonizing uh, you know, publish publications and making sure that productions are bringing in artists of color who are qualified to work on talent of color. You know, the BIPOC push forward in our industry requires people to put their money where their mouth is. Working uh, equal pay 
you know, regardless of your gender expression, those require artists to speak out and step forward. And so I am here for all of the changes that are coming. And and explain for me exactly what you mean by decolonization of the beauty industry. Like, uh, explain it how you see it. I think, you know, decolonization is a word that gets thrown around so many, so many times in so many different ways. And Audre Lorde, I think, you know, when talking about intersectionality in, in feminism, use the term, you know, the, use the phrase, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at in beauty right now, is we've been told for too many years by old white straight men in France, what beauty looks like. And I think what we're trying to do is to say, let's support these smaller brands. Let's support these new artists. Um, if you look at the makeup show now, it's independent brands. It's yeah. female, owned, it's queer owned, it's black and brown owned. It's, you know, we're bringing in, in indigenous models. Uh, we're bringing in models of shape and size and color. And I think that it requires everyone in an industry to make those choices, you know, and say, I want to make sure that we are hearing everybody's voice when we move forward. And I think it requires us to say we're also going to, you know, make space for other people. I think when you and I came in, we had to fight for our space. And what we want to do is make it a safe space for everyone to feel welcome and kind of find their own path and place and voice in makeup. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, And do you see that that's happening? I, I do. I yeah. I think with my yeah, with the things that I'm connected to, you know, I, I made a big choice right. during the pandemic. I I actually had COVID really bad. I was in the hospital uh, for about a month every day, and I made a decision that coming out, I only wanted to work with people that held my belief systems. I only wanted to work with people who were really doing something exciting. Um, and that's a privilege that I have to be able to do that, you know. But what I'm also doing is using kind of my big body to kind of push push in to places where maybe there always ha- there hasn't always been opportunity for others and for everyone. And uh, so, yeah, I'm seeing it, but I'm also consciously choosing to only work with clients who are walking the... Walking the talk, 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 talking the walk, putting their money putting their money where their mouth is. Now, how can we like vet them? Like, uh, we know we can hear from you what rec- what brands you recommend and see them oh. at the makeup show. But how could we, on our own, like if we were at Sephora, how could we vet a line to sort of investigate their values? I think you've got, you know, you've got to do your due diligence. You've got to really look at the brand and kind of follow. The money. I think social media is 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 a quick way, and so a lot of people say, "Oh, well, I, they posted this on Instagram." But I think when you look and you say, "Who are the people behind it? Um, are they accountable for their actions? Are they moving forward um, and making movement to kind of bring this positive forward?" Uh, and and how are they? giving back, you know, you can't really take from a community without giving back to it. And I think that that's a great way. If I look like this year, Mob Beauty is coming into the makeup show for the first time. This is, you know, Victor Casali, pedigree, for create, you know, creator behind MAC cosmetics and cover effects, um, but working towards sustainability in a way that it opens it up for other brands as well. Mm. That to me says, this is a brand that I want to invest in. Janessa mm-hmm. Myrick 
you know, taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but to see a black owned brand, you know, stepping into space that has never been occupied by a black owned brand before, and then have to push back against the idea that black women only do makeup for black women, um, yeah. has been so inspiring, you know? And I think also looking at the way that skincare is moving forward is always a good one for me. Ingredients are a great tell. If I... I'm looking at your ingredients, if I'm looking at your packaging, if I'm looking at the people that you are bringing in to work with you, that will inform me. And then I've got to investigate a little further. And I know you're an investigator, so I know you're- uh, a, I got you're my, my um, magnifying glass. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And I do, yeah. I, I I look to Estee Laundry, I guess, for a lot of um, things and call outs and stuff uh, like that to see what's going it. on. Um, no, but, but it just, you just spoke a little bit about it. And of course, you know, I've, I've found in these interviews that everything begins at the mat counter, myself included. So yeah. I, I see that your story starts at the mat counter, but tell me more about your origin story, because people always see you everywhere and always on panels and everyone knows your bio, but I don't know if we really know the details of how you got into this world. I mean, you know, it's, I, I'm very humble. I'm an accidental artist. I don't belong in the world that I'm in, you know, probably. And honestly, uh, it, it this industry has given me so much. I, you know, I come from uh, Providence, Rhode Island, mm -hmm. smallest of the 50 states. Most people have never been there. I grew up in a really large, very loud, very Catholic family. Um, and I, I kind of thought my life was laid out before me. My mom was very involved in the community and the church. Um, that really spoke to me always, always, no matter, you know, if no matter what we had, um, even when we didn't have a lot, there was another family maybe who needed more than we did next to us mm -hmm. at a Christmas table or something. And so my degree is social work. It really was very much uh, where I thought I would find myself mm. and um, specifically pediatric HIV, uh, sexual trauma and assault. So it like really tough areas of social work. And one day a woman came in and spoke to my school and her name was Anita Roddick. She created the Body Shop Skin and Hair Care. Yeah, and right. uh, mm -hmm. it transformed my life. She, she brought me in, I worked in the stores and once I started working with makeup, it was like, you know, I was this weird kind of club kid, loner, very quiet and shy, always by myself. And makeup gave me my tribe. It gave me uh, confidence. And so I went on, to, I applied for a uh, master's program and then I got a scholarship. And so I Where? thought- Where? A master's program in makeup? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, no, for social work. Okay. Oh, in social yeah. work. Okay, got it. Okay. And, and where, did, where did you go? Rhode Island College. In Rhode Island. Okay. Yeah. And um, I was working at Brown in the community outreach center and doing all of these things. But really makeup kept calling to me. You know, it was like my side job. And I decided to write my dissertation on women of color and the white beauty myth. For me, yeah, growing up in a in a such a mixed family, like I never saw us anywhere. There were there were no black women on the cover of magazines. There were no Latino women. There were no Asians anywhere. It, you know, it was an invisible invisible minorities. There was no size, shape, or color anywhere on, in fashion. And I was so passionate about fashion. You know, I had this Kevin Aquan 
wall um, that I had above my bed. And I, but I never thought someone like me could work in fashion. Um, you know, I was always fat and weird and it just didn't seem like, like me. And then uh, I got headhunted by Mac in the 90s in Atlanta, um, where I was writing my dissertation, living with a friend who's also a makeup artist, Joe Delude. And that was it. And then I called my mom and I said, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get my master's degree. I'm from Rhode Island. So she has a heavy accent. She said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to be a professional makeup artist. And she was like, makeup artist. I never even heard of it. Is it a job? And uh, I wasn't sure. You weren't uh, sure either. (laughs) I knew I had to do it. I just knew. And then like things opened up. I started working with celebrities, assisting makeup artists like Billy B, Urban Decay Cosmetics moved me to New York. I started assisting Kevin Aquan. And uh, my life started to open up in ways I never, ever imagined. And now it's been 27 years. You know, I work in all areas of the industry. I've worked and lived all over the world. Um, and now I think what I am the most passionate about is kind of sharing those histories a lot like you. I love, I love the histories. I love to know who created a product. I love to know who spearheaded a movement. I love to be able to reference a look and then kind of investigate it back to the original. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel so lucky. I feel so much love. Um, cause I, honestly, I am not the most talented makeup artist. There are people on my team who are have a natural ability and skill. You know, I work very hard to do things like, you know, make something even, but I think what I have is a, is a passion and an ability to, to, uh, to celebrate people and maybe a personality that has helped me go far. Um, but I look around me every day. My, my dishwasher is going, I look around me every day and I say, uh, God, like, how did I get here? And how lucky am I? Like, literally every day in my meditation, I offer gratitude because this industry has given me everything. And uh, I don't know, I never saw myself here. And well, you yeah. put service first and that's, you know, obviously I see from, from your background that that's where that comes from and it, it shines through. And, and I, I think many will agree with me that I beg to argue with you that you aren't the most talented makeup artist. <laughs> I mean, your work with Joan Jett is incredible, of course, and that's what I live for. Um, I love all the work you do. But I what what's so interesting to me about your story is that you yourself, your brand is rooted in spirituality too. So it's like, tell me more about your brand and how that birthed. Um, with Rebels and Outlaws and the, and the, the name, you know, kind of... St- expresses it, I hope. The the last few years politically have really changed the, the way people look at the idea of rebel. I'm sure. Um, but it's rooted in activism. You know, my yeah. husband and I have the brand together. It came to me in a weird way. Like we were working on a huge project with Fenty, um, working with Rihanna. We launched this, you know, did this huge program. I, I interviewed over 2,800 artists for Rihanna. And afterwards, I went on an artist retreat with the powder group that Michael and I lead every year called Evolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came back, Jeremy, my husband said, what, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to take this job or remove to San Francisco. It's a good title. It's good money. And I said, you know what? I kind of want to make candles. <laughs> Instead of Fenty? Uh, instead of corporate instead of corporate oh my god that's great so so did the candles come to you at evolution 
the well, idea? I, I had always made candles. Like my oh, grandmother, you did? Yeah, like my family had always done them and I've always made them for gifts and, and for my clients. And I make my own toners and skincare. Yep. And I had always done that for my clients. But I felt like at this time, this is now three, four years ago, artists were really struggling. And I felt like I was too. And I know we've had this conversation. I felt like I was working so hard. I had bought into the hustle. And I was coming home depleted. You know, my friends, my family, my husband were getting like the worst of me. Oh, I, everything was everything was being left out. And so I found meditation. I found, you know, I found the idea of meditation and I found the idea of like setting intention. Yes. Gratitude, very powerful in my makeup career and, and in my interactions with my clients. And I thought if I can figure out a way to share this, I want, want to do that. And so that's where Rebels and Outlaws kind of started. And then Jeremy, my husband, uh, who was also in production and fashion mm -hmm. and beauty, you know, he's an, a punk rock kid from Florida. So he was like the anarchist, like food's not, food, not bomb ah. you know, out at protests. And, and we were out in the streets all the time. And so I was coming from this kind of area of social work. And like, I met my first boyfriend chained to the state house, you know, protesting. Uh, and then Jeremy so romantic. Yeah. And so like, we both came from this idea of like activism and intention. And so that's kind of what Rebels and Outlaws is. We wanted to create something where we could give people a focus and a tool to be able to curate their space protect their energy, prepare something special for their client, but also do it in a way that that was very mindful. And when you look at kind of the product that we create, you'll see that there are charities that we're aligned with and, and, and organizations and activations that are very important to us. And, and, you know, now I think it's very common for makeup artists to kind of go in and, and put a candle down and burn some Right, you know, right. Candles, That's a new but, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. I, I think when I did it, you know, when I started out, uh, you know, one of my people I assisted was Sharon Galt, and she's the same. Like, we would set up altars <gasps> nice. before we did makeup, and like, you know, I, I just love I, it. And I, and I wanted to make space for other people and give other people permission, regardless of what your religious thoughts are. Right. Sometimes the idea of spirituality and connection and communication, intention, gratitude those allow us and inform us as creatives and as artists. And so that was kind of my purpose in that. And then with the makeup show, uh, it was a very natural fit because sure. I stand on those stages. I, I, I work with 150 brands and so many people stepped forward and said like, oh my God, this is kind of just what, what we needed. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I, I just loved like how you and Jeremy, so Jeremy Meek is your husband. And so you guys work together. I work with my husband too. And how do you, how are you able to manage that? We had to do, I remember one year we had to make, um, the office, we had to close the door on it and put, um, the offices closed. And if we wanted to talk about the office, we had to go in there and like, go, you know, try to get into the locked door. Like yeah. the therapist <laughs> told us, like, you may not on the couch, discuss business. Do you have yeah. to set boundaries like that at all? No, uh, not really. I, mean, it. I think that there are definitely times where he'll say like, we're not working today. Okay. Or I'm not working right now. Yeah. Or he'll, uh, to be honest, you know, I'm the more difficult personality. Um, he'll say, I don't work for you. You uh, know, I'll say like, well, why wasn't this done? But I hey. think that that comes from my own, you know, my own ego or my own, um, 
you know, my own desire, usually if I'm anxious about something, it's because I don't want to let someone down. I'm a people pleaser. Oh, totally. Yeah. And yeah. I think Jeremy is very like, you know, he's like a straight skater guy. He's like, this is what it is. And this is who I am. And if you don't like it, that's cool. And so I think we have this duality and balance that's right. very natural, but I definitely think like he puts up with a lot, but it doesn't really bleed itself into our home life. I think, cause we really made a decision mm-hmm. that we love working together. Anything that is important to me is important to him and anything that's important to him is important to me. And that has been kind of stuff from the beginning. Um, and we do have rules in communication, which I think every, every couple need to, yeah. So certain things I'm not allowed to say, or, you know, bring up at certain times and mm-hmm. respect that. And if not, yeah. you know, burn some sage and there are times he'll be like, go bang a gong and like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Where's that gong? Um, I, wanted to ask you what you think the most important things for new artists are to keep in mind. I know you get asked this all the time, but being, being a kind of new world now, what, what do you, what comes to mind first that you would suggest to artists that are like off the, you know, New Jersey transit. And they're like, hi, I'm here. I'm ready to take on the world. Like, what would you advise them to do first? Yeah. I'm thinking like Rhoda, like this is your New York. This is your last chance. Rhoda. I think that it would be, you know, education is so key. It is literally what kind of what I've dedicated my career to because it was so hard for me. No one would teach me when I started. No one would train me. And then as I started assisting um, Kevin Aquan, Linda Cantello, Dick Page, you know, Ashley Ward, Sharon Galt, Billy B, they were so good to me and so kind. And they not only educated me um, and not necessarily with instruction, you know, sometimes it was watch and learn, but um, they gave me so much opportunity. And I think that those things, that's kind of how I break it down. So I would say artists need one education. You need to know the fundamentals and you need to cross educate as well. It isn't just makeup. You need to know lighting and camera and art, you know, Um, I think, networking and community it's a social job and so the more that you're involved in meeting other people in the industry that's a that's a huge part of it and I think that um you know I I guess a a lot of people might say that this is kind of a crazy one because we're talking about you know career, career success in those things I think you've got to work on yourself I think that this is an industry where so many people are obsessed with celebrity. But for me, I have found that really we're caregivers, um, especially because I do so much work in the music industry, which is where I love. Like the women of rock and roll are my like place. Yes. I think you are dealing with other artists and you're dealing with other creatives mm-hmm. in my side. So I have to be very mindful of that. But for my artists that are working in bridal or working retail, there is not a tougher role in the industry. As a bridal artist, you you know, you're working with someone on the most important day of their life. We deal with all their vulnerabilities, all their insecurities. I do more counseling now than I did as a social worker. So I think, you know, you've got to really take care of yourself and prepare yourself for how much you have to be open and available to other people 
you know? And I, so I would say if you're thinking about education and you're thinking about support and community and networking, and you're thinking about taking care of your own self and being your best self, Mm -hmm. I think that that sets you up for success in the beauty industry in a way that you can then start to look and say like, well, where do I want to go? And then start looking at specifics. If I've got the fundamentals of artistry down, if my kit is prepared, if my professionalism and personality are where they need to be, then I can say, okay, well, what do I need to do to work in film and television? Or what do I need to do to assist at an agency? And then that information kind of fills in the other pieces. What amazing advice. It's so good because it is so draining too. And people underestimate that, you know, like to be there for a bride, you know, yeah. they don't go through this every day. This is their oh. Oscars. This is it. This is, they exactly. will die if it doesn't look perfect. They're and, looking know, at those photos until they get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait. So now you, you talk about Billy B. Yeah. And I have to know what videos you you remember working on with Billy. Oh my God, with Billy assisted me so many. I, I I can't even remember. I mean, Billy is just the biggest heart in the yes. business. Yes. And I mean everything from like TLC, Salt and Pepper, oh. um, so many, you know, so many throughout time. And then Billy handed me huge opportunities, like Born This Way. Um, I got to key the video. Billy did Gaga's beauty. I keyed all of the body painting, prosthetic painting, all of the dancers, all of the things, you know? And so this is someone who's like a mentor and a friend, not just bringing me on set, but giving me a title and an opportunity um, for a, you know, a groundbreaking music video. Yes, yes. I will never forget the the way that he supported me. And I think that's why I try and give so much opportunity to other people because yeah. there was no ego with Billy. Right. It, what, well, he never said, this is my assistant. He said, this is my friend, James, and he's going to be doing this airbrush, you know? And, and that doesn't always happen, you okay. know? Mm-hmm. That And then that provide living, modeling that makes you who you are, which is such a gift. Such a gift. And then what do, what things do you remember about working with Kevin? Of course, I have to ask. <laughs> you know, Kevin was a uh, larger than life personality, huge, you know, presence. And I think that those are the things that people always talk about, definitely. But I think there was a kindness and uh, a people-pleasing quality there yeah. that I kind of connected to. And I think... Um, the best advice he ever gave me was, and I talk about it every chance I have, is that you have to make each person who sits in your chair feel like they're the most important person that has ever sat in that chair. And he had such a gift for that and a propensity for that. And I think I found it difficult to work for Kevin. Um, first of all, because my makeup style was a little different. I really loved seeing skin and, and my, I'm very minimal at a time where he was doing a lot of structure. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing was people all, everyone was always trying to get close to Kevin and I'm not a competitive person. And so oh, interesting. He, yeah. He, um, he was, you know, he was really careful with people. And I think he saw who was good at what. And so he recommended that I uh, recommended Jed Root that I work with Dick Page, who is much more aligned with my Mm -hmm. style and my personality. 
Um, Dick has given huge opportunities in the industry, working with him backstage. Uh, Linda Cantello. Oh, my um, God. Handing me celebrity clients when she wasn't available. Uh, and, and I think that that's the thing. I never really asked for anything. I, I, I'm actually very quiet on set. I'm a very... Um, I, I know that there are clients that I haven't continued with because I am not as social as other artists are, or I'm not as uh, uh, in the game. You know, I, I, I'm not someone who goes to the parties or totally. um, designer clothes or totally, you know, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that those mentors really helped me kind of find myself, like who, not only what makeup I wanted to do, but who I wanted to be on set how I wanted to speak to people. It's so important. Mm-hmm. So important. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I remember once um, I was working with uh, Barack, President Obama, but he was, he was on the campaign trail at the time, the first campaign. And he knew the name of every person in the room, the, oh, the people who came in and, and put out the food, the people who cleared out the trash, and he thanked them by name. And that really spoke to me. And I thought, oh, that's something that Dick Page always did or Linda Cantello always did. Like they were very mindful. Billy B, always, always, they always treated every person with respect wow. um, and kindness. And I think that's how I've always tried to be in my career too. Um, Amazing to see When that. you approach it like that, it, how can you not have a great day? Like people always say, right. I'm sure you hear it. People always say, who is your toughest client? And I would say, I've never really had a... Mm-hmm. I've never really had a tough client because I think I always try and put myself in and say, oh, well, they're anxious because, you know, exactly. this is a million dollar music video or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yes. It's, you have to get out of yourself and go, this is so not about me. And yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of artists sometimes because they are, they want to do great and they, they want to show I'm worth the, mm-hmm. as much as you're paying me and and they get so worked up and then they want to say they're the most important person in the room, not in a sassy way, but just like, I'm, you know, I deserve to be here. And, you know, and then it, it gets, you know, then the focus is off the person, off the client and it kind of backfires sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's great advice. I, I think that's what I appreciate about what you do is you celebrate artists and I think that you, as an artist, have learned how to kind of navigate those interactions and, and you do it so well. Thank and I you, think James. that, no, it, it's true. It's, I, you know, I, I know, I know you have had interviews that aren't always easy, but when you kind of put yourself in the place of the other person, I think it just informs you to say, okay, I'm able to be me. And I can let them be them. And so that's, you know, I tell Thank my team you. all the time, don't, you know, surround yourself with other people. And I think, you know, you really are one of those people, Tiffany, who like everybody wants to be around you because uh, you, I mean, you so make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, James. Yeah. <laughs> well, I learned so much about community from you and watching you over the years. I mean, I've been watching you for years. I'm, I'm really dating ourselves, but yeah. you know, it's so important and essential for people to feel these, and we're all misfits and we all need somewhere to go. And, you know, it's really a beautiful, beautiful thing that you've created is this like judgmentless zone of, you know, 
come here and everything's going to be okay. And we get to play with makeup. Yeah. I mean, what could be better? It's just like always a slumber party. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And like, I, I just love all of the, all of the direction that everything is going in. And I feel like things are, tell me about iArtist. This is new to me a little bit. Um, iArtist that you've been sort of launching or rolling yeah, out? I, uh, well, iArtist now, this is our fourth iArtist. No. Um, this is, yeah, it oh. has been a kind of stealth. It's 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 only open to a few artists. It is um, Shelly Tagar, who created and owns The Makeup Show, and Danessa Myricks and myself. And what we wanted to do was create an intimate program for uh, 70 people this year. Um, And it is unlike anything else in the industry, because what we try and do is give you a year long mentorship program that then leads itself into working with us continuously. But it's developing not just your artistry and your career. It's not just your personal development. It is putting you in touch with people who are truly the experts at what they do. you know, having the union come in and speak wow. to you about the union, having an agent come in. Um, we help you write your business plans, your uh, redefine your website, redesign your social media, come on set with us, you know, be backstage with us at Fashion Week. So it really is kind of the essence of what I learned as an assistant mm-hmm. in the traditional way in a new way that kind of takes it all in and individualizes it for each person, no matter where they are in the world, no matter where they are in their career. And I think that's why it's been so exciting is when I started, you know, makeup is an, is an art, but it's also a craft. And so when I started, you apprenticed under a master until that master said, you are now a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. And I think as that kind of disappeared, people, sometimes forget why. We know that makeup is art. So there is some subjective nature to it. And we know that makeup is expressive. So I think people should wear whatever they want. But if you're going to call yourself a professional artist, then you need to be rooted in the elements of art, the fundamentals of artistry, you know, an understanding of the industry. You need to know how to present yourself and produce yourself. And and you need to know how to build a brand and a business. Mm -hmm. And so that's iArtist this year is really designed to be about putting you in place with the people who can help you answer to your own needs Mm. because we'll have people who want to have a bridal business in Australia next to someone who wants to win an Academy Award next to someone who you know is truly pursuing a career in fashion editorial right cannot speak to them all or educate them all the same way right So what we try and do is empower them to be able to develop their own eye, their own hand, their own skill set, their own support system in a way that allows them to feel like a full artist and to not just think about happiness, but fulfillment Mm. and not just think about, I don't know, producing makeup, but like what is the purpose? Like, why are you here? And what do you want to be? And where do you want to go? And then we kind of help you figure out how to get there. If that makes sense. Sorry. I'm it, such it, a makes, it makes perfect sense. I think that's so a value. That's amazing. I feel like that's yeah. what everybody's looking for, right? In any career, <laughs> really, is that kind of level. Able, 
Yeah, sorry, I, I talked over you. And then to yeah. be able to come in and, and to, to spend an, uh, an hour with, you know, an, an Emmy winner like Melanie Mills or Joe DeLude, an Academy Award winner, uh, uh, Women's Wear Daily Business Award winner, you know, like, and get to spend time with them, not just in a classroom, but to have lunch with them, to have dinner with them, to develop a real relationship. That is the other part. Um, I come from a small place. I don't come from money. So the access to yeah. the people who made those decisions, just getting in front of. So hard, right? So hard. So be able to have that is is essential. That's amazing. I always say like, you know, my husband got, got to go to NYU because it was the school down the street. And I'm like, you have no idea yeah. what the difference is like that. you That was your local university, you know, and I came from Portland, Oregon and was like had NYU written all over my walls. <laughs> you know, it. big difference, big difference. Yeah, um, I remember working with Kevin like the first time that was the craziest thing is that I had his the wall. pictures. Yeah, the wall. Um, so gay. I had like a wall of like fashion. I mean, I had um, a wall too. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you can see behind me, there's a, one of my artist friends painted uh, Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. Cover, and I Kevin, can tell by the eyes right away. Yeah, that was, and that's Linda Mason was the uh, original artist on that. Uh, really? Or, or, mm, that one might be. No, that might not be Linda Mason. I have to do my research. Um, I usually know, but I'm blanking. And so Linda Mason, yeah, Linda Mason did the original. And then Kevin Aquan recreated it on Nadja Auerman for Harper's Bazaar. Oh, and I was yeah. Like, oh, this is it. And then being on set with Kevin and working with those models, it was like, oh my God, this is what I slept under every night. Yes. <laughs> you know, about. New York was a dream for me. Like, I remember yes. going there at 11 or 12. And being in the East Village and being like, I have to live here. And then um, um, a year later, maybe a Madonna movie came out, Desperately Seeking Susan, where she was in the East Village. And I was like, that's my home. That's where I have to be. Oh. You know, and packing it up and going there. Like New York was, it wasn't real for me, you know? And then, so yeah, I think like to help other people kind of figure out how to do the things they want to do. Yeah. I, I, I'm called to do it because I could not be here if people didn't help me, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I am excited for the makeup show this year. It's the first and second yeah. I, of May. May and so if you're listening, I will see you there or, or watching. I will see you there. And I mean, oh my gosh, there's so many, please tell them how to follow you. And <laughs> I please be following James. He has the keys to all you need to know, all the advice you need in the world to go and conquer the, the makeup artistry world. Well, you're very sweet, but it really is the, you know, the show is the, is the big thing, the, the, the show that Shelly and the team have put together this year and kind of what we've put together is just, I think, so special and so different. It is, you know, nonstop education on so many stages. Artists like James Malloy, Jessica oh. Smalls, uh, you know, Nikki Posley, the Nessa Myricks International Stage. We're doing deep dives. You know, John Hennessy and I are going to be talking about developing your your media and your your agency work and that's great there's so much shopping from so many new brands you know so i i am so appreciative that i get the opportunity to educate but i think that if there is a 
person listening who's saying like, I do, I don't always know what's coming next. Or I think, you know, the other tough thing in our industry, even the people we love the most sometimes don't really know what we do to make a living. <laughs> so, you know, just to be around other makeup artists and hairstylists and estheticians yes. and be like, hey, look at us doing all this cool stuff and, and getting real answers to help kind of reach your own goals. That's what the makeup show is about this year. And, and so I feel that I feel so grateful that you're thanking me, but it really is the makeup show is made up of the, the people who come to the makeup show. And mm. that is what makes it so special. And this year, I think everybody's ready for the party, right? After the yes. pandemic yes. comes the party. So let's yes. just all come out and celebrate safely and socially and, you know, have an experience together. Wonderful. I will be there with bells on. Like I might literally wear bells. <laughs> uh, this is the new trend. So all we're talking about now is wearing bells. And I can't wait to see you, James, and everybody else out there. I got the and biggest one for you. Thank you so much. This was the best time ever. Look Behind the Look is a Vinyl Foot production written by me, your host, Tiffany Bartok. Produced by Jace Bartok, edited by Nicole Tucker, with art design by Kelly Riley. If you're interested in learning more, find our video version on the YouTube channel, Look Behind the Look Podcast. There you can see rare photos and clips from our guests. And please follow us on Twitter at Look Behind Pod and Instagram at Look Behind the Look. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends and spread the word. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or any podcatcher of your choice. Thanks for listening to Look Behind the Look.